Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into SST on Apple Podcasts, App, Spotify, and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on your podcast app, as well as hit the notification bell, drop a comment on the YouTube video. We appreciate you, no matter where you are, no matter how you're listening. And today, we're talking about one of the best topics you can ever talk about, because it's football season. We ain't talking baseball anymore. It's over. Who cares? We care about football. It's big skin season. And here to join me once again been a while but he's been on this podcast before to do this very topic because it is his specialty my quarterback paul barquita what's up brother pd how we doing man great to be back dude so good to be back talking quarterback play we're doing our quarterback tiers and rankings a little bit of combo we're gonna go basically one through 32 but we're gonna tier them out as well because as we're gonna get into it there's certain parts of this one through 32 where there's a six number portion of the list where you can go in so many different directions and it may not be at the very top or the very bottom but that middle class of quarterback is wild so paul uh, it's been a while since we've done this on the podcast now but 2023 we think the quarterbacks are getting better are they getting better what is what was this list like when you were going through this list was it uh a, a rewarding endeavor of looking at positive quarterback play or were you struggling to even figure out who to put where you know, it's it was tough. I think at the top, of course, the elites of the elites, I think it's it's really no question. I mean, I think we're going to have the same number one, potentially same number two and three. So I don't think that was really too tough. But as you mentioned, once I, we started getting into that five and ten numbers, oh, I, I don't know. I could go this guy over that guy, but this guy actually did did this better than this guy, but this guy's really good at this. So, and then obviously as the list went on and on and on, it certainly got a lot tougher because I think the quarterback position is obviously the best I think it's ever been. I know we were pretty spoiled growing up with some of the all-time greats like Tom and Peyton and Breeze and some of the other guys in between. But I think now you look at this list, especially from that 1 to 10, I mean, they're, these guys are unbelievable in terms of just the things that they're able to do now, the throws are able to that they're able to make, and more importantly, dealing with the the advanced level of defenders in terms of the edge rush guys. I mean, you look at guys like Michael Parsons and these linebackers that can play safety and put their hand in the ground. It's it's the game has evolved in in such a amazing way, especially in the recent time. So these guys are really, really are so exciting to watch. And it's just the more important, the more exciting part is that we, we think we have an idea of some of these guys and think they're going to be really good and who knows. And then obviously the guys who may, we don't think are going to be good can come out of nowhere, which is, I think, the, the beauty of what the NFL has been over the last few years. Just anything really can happen at this point. So, yes, very excited to uh, not only talk about it, but also really just – be a fan and watch so yeah get back into it we're just a few weeks away we're recording this on august 21st it'll be out on the 22nd which means we're basically two weeks away 
from opening night on that Thursday, which is the 7th, Thursday the 7th or the 8th, whatever. It doesn't matter. That Thursday, we all know which one I'm talking about. We all know what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think the unofficial start of football season is doing your first fantasy draft and then the new Madden comes out. When the new Madden comes out, I don't care if I'm 13 or 30 or 60, the new Madden comes out. All right, that's football season to me, so. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And so on top of the, what you talked about with the, with the higher ranked quarterbacks, based off my quick count here, I believe there are 10 quarterbacks who are going to be opening day starters for the first time in their career, which is, Mm -hmm. I don't know historically where that number lies. It feels pretty big. Obviously there are a few rookies, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, who are going to be day one starters, it seems. And that's exciting. But then you have Justin Fields, who wasn't a day one starter last year. Brock Purdy wasn't a day one starter last year. Jordan Love, um, Desmond Ritter, Clayton Toon, Sam Howell, like all these guys who are most likely going to be starting for their franchises have never started an opening day. So there's a whole other side of the list, too, as we get down into the 20s. That's going to be interesting. And maybe we don't know how to rank them yet, but we do have expectations and and a lot to talk about. Paul, quickly before we get into our top portion of the list, because we are going to go from the top down to the bottom. I do have our rankings from 2021 up here right now. I have our preseason 2021 and our midseason 2021 rankings. Do you know who we had in our midseason 2021 rankings at number one for quarterbacks? Uh, Was it Brady? It was Tom freaking Brady, Brady, dude. So Unbelievable. We both had him ranked third. At preseason 2021, that was his first year with Tampa Bay, if I'm not mistaken, right? That make right. that checks out because last no, I think last year was was that his second didn't year? They win in 20. They won in 2020. Yeah, didn't they win in the Super Bowl in, in during COVID? It was 2020. In 2020, right? okay. So the year after then, the Super Bowl, we had him number three, but then midseason, the year after, we both put him number one, and Patrick Mahomes, we both had at number yeah. three, which is just kind of wild. Uh, to to think back to 2021 when Mahomes they had that really weird stretch. If it's hard to remember now that they had this weird stretch two years ago where they couldn't figure out that cover two, you know, too high safety look, and it was like, oh my god, did the league figure out Patrick Mahomes? Well, guess what? They did not. They no. they did not figure out Patrick Mahomes. But I just thought that was interesting to see us having Tom Brady at number one, Aaron Rodgers at number two. We both had Matt Stafford in the top five. Obviously, they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So good job by us getting ahead of that one a little bit. But Dak Prescott also pretty high up. I had him higher than you. So we'll see where those guys land because they're still in this list. But we'll except for Tom Brady, of course. We'll see where they land. Yeah. Um, so what we're gonna do? Yeah. Quick parameters, quick ground rules here. Basically, we're gonna go through our list here, compare and contrast, talk about some of the more interesting quarterbacks and and where we ended up placing them. But I know Paul and I have talked about this before, so I'm just gonna say this. It's hard to rank quarterbacks in a vacuum. It's impossible, actually, right? Because you can argue about certain guys who have ability that exceeds the ability of somebody higher on their list. So at some point, you have to bring in situation, right? So just because we have, and I'm going to look at like a random example here, just because we have, um, I don't know, gosh, uh, Lamar Jackson above Kurt, Jimmy, oh, that's a bad example. I'm trying to think of one here. Geno Smith is above Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, sure, Geno Smith may be ranked above Jimmy Garoppolo. Does that mean that he's more talented at the physical attributes of quarterback? Yes, no, maybe so. But the situation, the offense, the actual ability for them to put up numbers does come into play at some point, right? Because if you're going to put yeah. a quarterback 
towards the bottom because he has no receivers and he's not going to get any yards and you don't trust him to do anything good this year, you also have to put somebody up who has great receivers and is going to put up numbers and get things done up higher, right? So this thing is not in a vacuum. We're not just ranking pure quarterback ability. We are ranking the quarterbacks and how they are going to perform in the year 2023. So just a something that I felt uh, to get off my chest there. So Paul, why don't you kick us off and give us your tier one, which is your elite ranked quarterbacks here. Yeah. So number one, no question. I think for me, you, any analyst or anybody that's, that's talking about this type of thing, Patrick Mahomes, enough said MVP, Super Bowl, all that. Now it gets a little interesting, I think, going from going to two and three because I think there is a little bit of, of a debate. Who is okay? Mahomes is the clear number one. Who's number two? My opinion, I think it's Joe Burrow in terms of a pure passer, distributor of the football, which you love. I had to say that before you got to it because I know that's your your <laughs> favorite line there, right? Talking about a distributor of the football, but it's but it's really true. Joe Burrow is, you could argue, is probably the best at it. Um, Obviously, in a good situation, he's got a lot of help over there in Cincinnati, but he really is the driving force behind that offense. And I think the biggest thing about Burrow for me is not just the arm talent. It's not the ability to move in the pocket. It's he's just so freaking cool. And obviously, all the stuff off the field, he's Joe Cool, his swag and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the game, the guy never seems to, to lose his edge or lose his cool. He's always in the moment. And you feel that a guy like him behind center, you have an opportunity to win every game. And virtually is in almost every single game that he's been in. So I got to go Burrow number two. Number three, which can also be a little bit, a bit of some debate, I'm going Josh Allen. I think he's another guy that has that same type of ability, off the field type stuff in terms of a leader, a guy that you can go to, got all the arm talent in the world from accuracy to the deep ball. Physical attributes, being able to obviously run the football, move around the pocket. Again, the guy is, has proven it from the numbers, from the wins. I know doesn't have really any hardware or any Super Bowl appearances, but I think it's just a matter of time. I, I 100,000% believe that Josh Allen will hold up the Lombardi Trophy one, one day. I don't know how soon that will be, but I really um, am really impressed by of the growth that he's really been able to show. And I know he took a little bit of a – I don't want to say a regress with the turnovers. I know that's a big topic of a debate with him. But I think the problem with him with that is that he's just trying to play – trying to be Superman. I think he's trying to do too much. So I think once he really figures that out and gets back to how he was maybe the year before in terms of being a little bit smarter with the football – because, again, in terms of ability and talent-wise, the guy can do it all, right? So um, definitely love Josh Allen there at number three. Number four – Again, this is tough. Here's the one. I got to put Aaron Rodgers in, man. Oh, my gosh. All right. There we go. I thought we might have the same first four. We don't. Okay. There we go. All right. Hold that thought for a second. Hold that thought. So you have Mahomes, Burrow, uh, Allen, and then Rodgers. So I thought we were going to have the same four. We do not. I have Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, but I do not have Rodgers fourth. Um, I guess I can go into who I have fourth later, but yeah. Well, let me just throw out, let me throw this out before I say who I put forth. The ones who are in contention for that spot outside of you choosing Aaron Rodgers. It's Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. Is there anyone else who was even remotely considered for number four? No, that was exactly how I have, how I would have that. that. Those are the other four. Okay, so you put Aaron yeah. Rodgers at four. 
All right, hear me out. We don't need to really debate much about Mahomes and Burrow and Allen because they are the big three. They are. Mm-hmm. Even you no, know, Rogers is four for you. I think those are the big three. We we have those exactly the same. But Rogers at four. Make your case. Give me your case. So it was tough, and I was thinking about this, and I'm not doing this to our Jet fan friends and the SEC, SST nation of Jet fans. I'm trying to make them be like, oh, good, good one, Paul. No, You are a Giants I fan think, for reference. For- I'm a Giants fan for the record. Again, this is a unbiased ranking because you'll see where I, I have our quarterback <laughs> ranked, and, and that'll come, come into it. But, well, getting to the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, Guy's an all-time great, can be considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Not too far removed from MVP play. I know last year, down year, but I think the biggest thing why I wanted to put Rodgers there, and again, we're talking about quarterbacks that are going to have a really breakout. Top, who's going to be the top guys coming out this year? I think for the first time in a long time, Aaron Rodgers is not only healthy physically, but more mentally. I think all that... Stuff that he, all the distractions with him going with the decision, what he was going to do. But you can really just see him in in camp and like some of the things that you're seeing so far of him that he generally looks happy. And I think he's got a new, it's, it's like when you get that new job or you have that new thing in your life that you're super excited. Again, he's been with Green Bay his whole career, right? And he had, had great years. He obviously had a Hall of Fame career, but this is a new chapter for him. I think he's finally in a position in his in his mental state where he is now ready to go to really be able to get back to the Super Bowl with the New York Jets. And I think you look around and we talk about the situation. This might be the best team that he's had around him in a really long time. And I don't even talk about the guys that they obviously brought in, but stepping into that Jets team with Garrett Wilson in the running game, I know the offensive line is a little shaky, so that's going to obviously be a big question mark there. But then obviously adding in all these other pieces that he did over the offseason, I think he's really set up for a big year. And I think that is going to drive him to really want to be able to have that big bounce back type of year where he'll be in that MVP contention and, and pushing for obviously not just the playoffs, but a potential Super Bowl win. So with all those things, I think Rodgers, again, from the arm talent, oldest skill set, we don't have to talk about it. We know how great he is. So now getting in a new position and a new chapter for him, I think really is going to take him back to those that MVP-like Aaron Rodgers. And, um, again, there's going to be some growing pains early on, of course, um, with a new team and a new, and a new, new, um, new offense and, and a new group. But I really think it's it's – it's going to be a really, really great year for Rodgers and the Jets. So really excited, obviously, to see how that turns around. But so that was that. That was I, I'm like I got to go with the yeah yeah no you Famer, went. you know so, so I did it yeah I mean listen there is something to really having seen someone do it before and and yes there's arguments to be made about Aaron Rodgers falling off last year but there's also you know five built-in arguments to be made of why it made more sense that he fell off, right? There was no connection with the receivers. Even though Watson and Dobbs kind of picked up as the year went on, they combined for less than 85 catches. It's not like they picked up and they both had 70 catches each. They both had in the 40s, right? So those receivers never really got going. Once they did, the Packers were more competent. He was dealing what with a, was a, a, not a thumb. That was Dak Prescott. 
he had some sort of little ailment. Well, maybe it was a thumb for Aaron Rodgers. I forget. No, he yeah. had a thumb. Yeah, it was on a one thumb. of his thrown fingers. Yeah, yeah, he had some sort of finger, finger injury. So there's excuses as to why. There was also a Matt LaFleur's offense versus what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do, a little back and forth, whereas this year it's pretty clear cut. Aaron Rodgers is doing the things that he wants to do, and he's got a relationship with Nat Hackett, who's been his offensive coordinator before, to where they can uh, open dialogue, come up with the plan together. Those things all make sense. Obviously, like you said, the offensive line is the big question mark there for his ability to continue to get off these incredible passes, to give him time to make the uh, plays down the field. He's he's off the charts. Um, I, I'm I'm a little surprised that you put him at four because there are some other quarterbacks here who had the ascension year in the year, past year or two, who have the tools to kind of recreate what they did and perhaps be better than Aaron Rodgers. But when you go to a ceiling perspective, it is hard to make the argument that their ceiling is higher than Aaron Rodgers' ceiling. The argument that's what it really came down to me. Right. And like the yeah. argument of Aaron Rodgers getting to his ceiling is obviously a question that we're going to have to wait and see, but it, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the Garrett Wilson thing for as much as it's been talked about locally, it almost hasn't been talked about or hammered home enough, right? Like, cause you talk about the, the young receivers who he was playing with last year, Watson and Dobbs were great talents who were not first round picks and they were not looked at as sure things. And they were very much a work in progress. Garrett Wilson came into the NFL with one of the worst quarterback situations in the league and won rookie of the year and was dominant from that perspective. So these two things are not created equally. Garrett Wilson is not just some young receiver with talent. He is a bred, ready to go baller, like all pro level baller right now. Like if he gets less than 1300 yards, it's an absolute disappointment. And that's what he has at his disposal alongside of Lazard and, uh, Corey Davis and and Randall Cobb, his boy, and and whatever he's got over there. So yeah, I mean, listen, it's a little high for me. I had Aaron Rodgers a little bit down this list. We'll get to him. And actually, since you said it, I'll tell you where I had Aaron Rodgers. I had him at eighth. I had Aaron Rodgers at number yeah. eight, which I thought was like decently optimistic. Like I, I didn't think I was being crazily optimistic, but I thought I was solidly in the positive outlook on Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm an Aaron Rodgers type of guy, but man, you kind of blew me away with number four. Yeah, well, again, I think it's it's everything that you, you talked about where the ceiling was the biggest thing because all the guys you mentioned, Herbert, Lamar, Trevor, Hertz, we'll, we'll, we'll get there and talk about those guys. And But if, if you're looking at all of those guys and, and what Rodgers has proven and done, it, it's and now where he's at in terms of this situation, I talked a little bit about the whole mental thing, and now he's really back in a new situation where he's running the show, he's got these really great receivers and guys around him that are really excited, like you talked about. I, I think that ceiling is coming right back. And I know he's older, but yeah. as as number the other number 12 showed uh, at his age, and again, I don't think Aaron will get to 45 and yeah. play like Tom <laughs> did. But, uh, but he, again, it, it, it's 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 a whole... whole again, that's where I, I branch a lot of this off, off of, where Brady... Going to Tampa, yeah. we felt the, the same the thing. Is Brady still in the league? Right, like the guy? new life that he got the from new... the new system, the new breath of fresh air. Like those last year and a half or two years in New England, it was like, God, man, this Patriots offense is boring. It's bleak. Like Tom Brady's yeah. just dinking and dunking now down the field. Like they have no playmakers. What's going on in New England with this offense and yada, yada. 
And then all of a sudden he's in Tampa. He's got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski. And it's like, oh my God, yeah, Tom Brady can sling it still. Leads, <laughs> like, leads the league in passing. Right. He led so the league in passing last year too. Yeah. So well, actually, no, Mahomes, I think Mahomes passed him at actually, but Brady was up there. Yeah, but oh okay. Brady he's was number, he was four, number three. Four, yeah. So so that that's where a lot of this also came. I'm like, if I saw what Brady did in this new situation, fresh situation, the weapons that obviously that he has, if Tom can do it, I'm not saying that, oh, why can't Aaron do it? But I, I, I'm very eager to see. And I think for those real reasons, I, I'm like, you know what? I got to give it. I got to give him there. Because knowing him, when he hits that ceiling, he can be up there right there with Burrow. Yeah, he could, he could be number that. two. He, was he won two MVPs yeah. in the last three. Right. You're right. Yeah, so he's not too far removed from that. So, and one last thing on Rogers before we move on. Um, I thought, have you been watching Hard Knocks? I have not. All right, so you have Knox. Unfortunately, you have Knox. Uh, I have not. <laughs> but one of the cool, th- I have not. <laughs> one of the cool things about Hard Knocks so far to me was not just how you know the coaches are talking about Aaron Rodgers and watching Aaron Rodgers interact, but watching those defensive players talk about Aaron Rodgers has been eye opening because they are. Talking about him, like, my God, who just walked onto the practice field? The defensive players are like, God damn, number eight, he's cool and he's cold as hell. He's nice. Like, they are talking him <laughs> up. They, they are all saying, wow, we got a guy now. That's crazy. Like, we are seeing a quarterback, a level of quarterback play that we have not seen before. And this is special. And the no. fact that that top yeah. five defense is now being a little bit awestruck by Aaron Rodgers, that, that said a lot to me, honestly. So, Aaron Rodgers, number four. I love it. I didn't have him at four. I had him at eight, but that's all good. So, Paul, before you dive into each guy, just read off your five through ten for me. Five to ten. So, five, I had Justin Herbert. Six, Lamar. Seven, Trevor Lawrence. Eight, Jalen Hurts. And now this, these are going to get interesting. Matthew Stafford at nine and Deshaun Watson at ten. Okay, so you had Herbert, Lamar, Lawrence, Hertz, and then who? Stafford. Stafford. And then Deshaun Deshaun Watson. Watson. I love that. Okay. Wow. All right, we are not overlapping as much as I expected, even though we are a little bit. So my four, so I had Aaron Rodgers at eight. So my four through 10 are Jalen Hertz at number four. Justin Herbert at five, Lawrence six, Lamar Jackson seven, and you know I'm a Lamar fan. Aaron Rodgers eight, Kirk Cousins at number nine, and Tua Tagovailoa at number 10. And that was my top 10. So we actually did not overlap a ton in the five through 10 range. The only ones we uh, overlapped on were Hertz, Lawrence, and Lamar, and Herbert. So we get four out of the the six, I guess, because I went four through 10. All right, so... Where do you want to start there? I kind of want to start on Jalen Hurts, if that's okay with you. So you have Jalen Hurts yeah. uh, down a little further than me, behind Lamar, behind Trevor Lawrence, and behind Herbert. I had him above all those guys. So with Justin, uh, Jalen, God, Lee, with Jay names are killing me right now. With Jalen Hurts, <laughs> having him down there a little bit further down, after the season he had, do you expect a little regression? Do you think it's just a little bit too much system for you to really put him above the rest? Why those other guys above Hertz for you? Yeah, so I kept playing. I kept 
be going up, going down, going up. So he was probably the hardest one to, to put. Definitely top 10, no question about it. But why I think I chose the other guys or kind of he dropped a little bit, the system was was big with that. Being in that system with not only just the weapons, the coach, the offensive line, those three things are equaling a successful offense. But you have to give him a ton of credit in how he performed, and he was really the driving force which got them to the Super Bowl. Now, don't get me wrong. They had a great defense and a great team. The, the Eagles are stacked, and I don't think they're going anywhere, which sucks for us Giants fans. Uh, but a big reason why they were that successful last year as a team was because of Jalen Hurts. So I'm not knocking Jalen Hurts whatsoever. But I do think he is a product of that system in, in a very in a stronger way than I think the the other three guys are. Now I'm not saying that if you put Trevor you you put Jalen Hurts on the on the on the Jaguars, he's he's gonna stink or if you put him on another like he's a good quarterback. He's a top ten quarterback and certainly can play in this league at a high level. But if you look at Herbert, for example, why I had him up there, I talked about Burrow being a just a guy who could just sling it, put the ball anywhere he freaking puts it. To be honest with you, I think Herbert's going to be up there in, in the top three mm. after this year. Yeah. I, this kid is special. He makes throws that basically only Mahomes and Allen can make. You know, not even Burrow. With with the arm strength that Herbert has, you could probably put Lawrence maybe in that category as well. But from a strictly right. arm strength perspective, there are things that Justin Herbert does that only the top three guys in the league can do. And, and it's not... On top of yeah. that, I'm sure you're going to get to this at some point. I have been beating this drum so freaking hard about their offensive coordinator situation in Los Angeles. They were a disaster with Joe Lombardi running the show in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. They have Kellen Moore, and Kellen Moore is not Andy Reid. He's not uh, Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan. He's good, and he's put together top five offenses with Dak Prescott and a lot of good weapons and a good O-line and all that stuff. But just the, the net positive from Joe Lombardi to Kellen Moore to me is enormous. And if I had Herbert at number five or number seven last year, wherever I had him last year, he's going up and he's only going to go up because he had a horrible system for him. It was consistently bad run on first down, bad run on second down, third and nine, Herbert, save us, save us. And he did all the time. He, he, he does things that no one really does as consistently as him outside of Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, like that's it. And he deserves that type of credit. I was really close between putting Herbert above Hertz. And part of the reason why I went Hertz above Herbert for this season is I, yeah. I was just so impressed with the relentless nature of Jalen Hertz that he has the one thing that Herbert doesn't really do is that he's the most efficient runner in the league. Like he was literally the most efficient runner in the NFL last year. He, he's so good at it as well. So yeah, the RPO system, probably a little bit more quarterback friendly. The numbers obviously were amazing, but I went with Hertz and to disagree with myself, one thing that scares me about Hertz and the Eagles this year is they had so little resistance last year. They were walking to victory every single fourth quarter. I mean, the, the fourth quarter passing yards and statistics for Jalen Hurts and even the receiving stats for the Eagles are laughable 
because they didn't have to do it. They, didn't have to do they it. were just they were too dominant last year. They had no adversity in fourth quarters, and that is a question mark now. Can he now do what he did in quarters one, two, three in the fourth quarter if the Eagles meet their match a little bit more frequently this year? That's my question for Hertz. Yeah, I agree, and I think the other thing with that coordinator is gone, right? Yes, OC is gone. That's a big thing. I know a lot of people don't talk about that too much. You just did though with with the whole uh, Charger situation, hundred percent. So that's a good point about right. No resistance. It's it's and you, and you know it's just playing the game. Obviously not playing the game at the NFL level, but it's it's a completely different feel when you're just beating the crap out of every single team. You walk in, there's, there's nothing. And look what happened in the Super Bowl. They finally got punched in the mouth. They finally met a team that's up to their level. And I'm not saying that they blew it. I still think the well, Chiefs obviously... He played, he played like incredible in the Super he Bowl. He played too. great. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's interesting with that. Um, but Herbert, man, I think it's right. It's the new, the new OC. He's not even, what, 25, 26 years old? And he's not even stepping into his prime yet. And he's had the best first three seasons out of NFL, any NFL quarterback in history with this offensive coordinator, with the injuries to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and all, all that. And, and, and he still put up the numbers that he did. It's, it's, it's really incredible. But Hurts, I think, is, is – I'm not saying in for a regression. I think he's going to still be up there in terms of those numbers and, and still having that performance. But if you're if you're coming down if it's coming down to me in the two minute drill, and I'm not saying he didn't prove that. I mean, a guy like Herbert, how can he not? Guy like Lamar, and I know we'll get into Lamar. I I just think that for those reasons of not having the resistance, I think I need a guy that's a little bit more like that whole thing that game, that playoff game with Trevor Lawrence, them coming back. That all honestly put me. I was like, okay, if this kid could do that. And I know the charges are not the best, but still, like that's the kind, kind of yes, stuff that yeah. jacks me up. And they're still a good team. And, yeah. and you know what, too? It, it almost sounds like to me that you're not as much betting against Hurts as you're betting on the other guys. I'm betting on the which, other guys. Yes. Which makes sense. It makes more sense kind of when you put it that way. You're not trying to put Hurts down, but you are putting other guys up, if that yeah. makes if that makes some sense. All right, let's move on to yeah. Trevor Lawrence really quickly. I think Herbert and Hurts have been covered here. Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys, and then we'll get to Lamar. He's another guy who people are saying like he can be top five, top three. You know, we have him basically almost there already. I have him at six. You have him at seven. He did a lot of great things last year. Second year with Doug Peterson. You could almost look at this as his sophomore season because that Urban Meyer season was such a travesty. Right. And they add Calvin Ridley. They add Tank Bigsby to the running back room with ETN. The O-line's a little bit of a question mark, but boy, does he not get sacked. He has a cannon. He can move. Like he checks every single freaking box. Do you? truly expect him and his team for that matter to take that sort of leap and kind of run with the AFC South and Trevor Lawrence to be bonafide top five. hundred percent. I, I think he, after last year, after everything that you mentioned, all the acquisitions now, he goes from pro bowl level type of get good quarterback to superstar. I think this is the year where he takes that next jump to that superstar level where he's easily top five and when you think of the prototypical modern day quarterback, like you can't think Josh Allen, I think Trevor Lawrence. It's again the, the size, the arm, the athleticism, just the 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 the, the coolness in terms of the, how many big games he's played in since he's been what 
17 years old, right? So now he comes in the NFL. He's like, oh, I've, I've been here before. I know a lot of these other guys have too, but he really is just that prototypical quarterback. And I definitely think he takes that leap from good, very good quarterback to superstar level this year. I agree. And I don't know if you heard my uh, over-under picks, but I'm doubling down on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they run away with the AFC South. I love them this year. And Calvin yeah. Ridley. I mean, people are talking about him because I think people re remember how good he was, and he's looking so good in camp that I'm excited to see that receiving core now with Ridley, Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Engram, those running backs. Like, he has oh, weapons nice. at his disposal. They're, they're, they're really due for a big offensive season, and that's why I have him six and you have him seven, and maybe he could end up at four by the end of the year. So right now you're predicting Herbert and Lawrence to be really awesome this year, but somebody you put right in the middle is Lamar Jackson. I have him at seven. You have him at six right next to each other, basically. You're expecting some big stuff out of Lamar this year, Paul? How can he not? I mean, the guy has done, been doing big stuff since he's taken the role of MVP. I know you feel you you love Lamar, and I, how can you not? The guy has has in terms of Superman, right? Lamar Jackson is that, and the the success that he's been able to have up to this point, not just individual success in terms of the accolades and statistics, but the team success with the weapons and the help that really has. Obviously, Mark Andrews is a top three tight end, which is obviously a lot of help. But now you get him some help. You got him. He's paid. He's happy. I'm expecting big things from Lamar this year. And I think coming out of this offseason where now he's healthy physically, obviously he's got, got his money. He's got some nice new weapons. How can you not expect a not Pro Bowl, all pro almost type of season for Lamar? And getting back to that MVP conversation with all the great things he does, not again just in the running game. The guy can freaking throw the football. He's proven it. I don't care what anyone says. He's not a running back, quarterback. This guy can sit in the pocket and throw and distribute the ball. Obviously not as good as the Herberts, the Lawrences, the Burroughs, but he can get it done, and that's all that matters. And then his, obviously, the 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 weapon with his legs brings that up to where he's almost as, as deadly with throwing the football as those other guys. But the guy can easily be a pocket passer if he wants to. And I'm really excited to see these new weapons he's got. Um, what's the the first round you have? Is Zay, Zay Flowers? What's, I forget the, the yeah, first Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers and Odell, of course, and then you got the running backs back. So it's going to be really exciting to see Lamar this year in Baltimore. So, yeah, really expecting big things from Lamar. Yeah, and, and I don't know how much you hear about this this particular stat, but EPA per play has been one of these like catch-all type stats on offense and defense that's gotten really popular over the last couple of years. And if you got to go through those rankings, they're really good guide points of like how successful quarterbacks are are being consistently, right? Like what what are they accomplishing on a per play basis? Now these numbers in particular don't mean much, right? Like if I told you 0.08, is that good or bad? I don't know. Who the, who the hell knows, right? But when you look at them next to each other and you see how the list kind of ranks out, it starts to make sense and it kind of it kind of takes the eye test and puts some numbers on it and and gives you a good sense of what was happening on the field last year and to kind of look forward to next year or to this year that we're looking at now it makes sense that we have justin herbert and trevor lawrence and lamar jackson in that five six seven range because last year lawrence was ranked 10th in epa per play lamar jackson was uh 13th and justin herbert was 14th but that comes in 
the other stuff, the, the receivers being better, the offense is being better overall, the coaches being better. All these things are better. So now Jimmy Garoppolo is not on the 49ers. He's probably not going to be ranked fifth overall in EPA per play this year. It's just not going to happen most likely, right? So the Lawrences, the Jacksons, the Herberts, their numbers didn't do the talking for them last year, but we're very confident in what they have uh, at their disposal. All no, right. 100%. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you're good. That's right. All right. So then on to the, the final portions of your top 10 here. You had Matt Stafford at nine and Deshaun Watson at number 10. I'll tell you where I had them. I had Deshaun Watson at 11. So we're kind of on the same page yeah. on that front. And I had Matt Stafford all the way down at number 17, Paul. Wow. Number 17. Before we get to Stafford, though, you expect the bounce back from Deshaun because I am I'm on the same page as you. I mean, I think last year was so bad. They basically played one style for the first half of the year with Jacoby Brissett, which was successful because they could run the hell out of the ball and have a good roster. And then Deshaun came in and they're like, let's run a completely new thing with a guy who hasn't played quarterback in two years. And it was horrible. Yeah. It was so, it was so bad. Like from a quarterback's perspective, because you were a quarterback, right? What is it like not playing quarterback and then just stepping in there? You've you unfortunately you've done it a couple times in your career. <laughs> yeah. Well, they thanks for yeah, for for being able to try to play other positions, right? That was a good idea. Um no, it is the hardest thing to do i believe in sports to be able to just right be able to just get back in there and get adjusted to the speed of the game get adjusted to the system get adjusted to your wide receivers there's so many moving parts of playing the position of quarterback that it takes so much time to get adjusted to that and and, and anybody will tell you this that you're not just going to come in here in week one why do you think the first four weeks of the season, I always like to say, is, is almost like preseason now, right? There's it, It's such sloppy football from you know drops to bad throws, turnovers, like because no one plays in preseason anymore, obviously. So those first four weeks really are the preseason in terms of getting back into the shape of playing every single week. So playing the quarterback position, and like you said, not playing for two years, it almost is going to take you probably a whole year just to get back into the swing of things. And and especially with an offense like that, where right, they just kind of were just playing all like reactive, really. Um, is it's a very 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 tough thing to do. So that's why I think now Deshaun gets back into the, the the rhythm again. Played second half of last year. Now he's back in camp. He's back in his routine. He's not that old. What is he? Twenty six, twenty seven. So he's still like in the prime time of it of in terms of his age. I mean, well, we did this pod in twenty one. We put him where? Four or five? I had him. Actually, I can tell you right now. I had him at five. Right. And you had him at five. We yeah. both had him at five preseason 2021. Yeah. So, because in terms of the, the rubric that we talk about from, the, again, the skill set, the eye test, the, the statistics, the guy is a top five potential talent with the arm talent, obviously the athleticism. The guy is unbelievable. Look at the, the season that I obviously had before all this happened. So now that I think this is behind him, again, he's got the new fresh start, fresh season going into it. I certainly believe that he's going to have a bounce back year and and get back to the Deshaun Watson that we know and obviously love to watch. Yeah. Uh, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donald Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, Nick Chubb. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't, doesn't hurt. hurt. I don't think he has <laughs> the kind of help in, in, in Houston, so it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it does Nick not Chubb. hurt at Fantasy all. football so legend, Nick Chubb. 
There you go. So. Um, all right. So we had him pretty close there. I had him 11. I really wanted to like make that a point too, because obviously with what happened to him off the field, horrible. We don't need to talk about it. It's been talked about enough. Yeah. But on, if we're talking about on the field football, I don't expect him to suck. I, like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't think he's going to be bad again. Like, I think he's going to be a whole lot better. Do I think he's going to be right back to where he picked up? No, but he might be 85, 90% of what he was, which would be about the 10th or 11th best quarterback in the league right now. So I think that's pr pretty well placed by us. And we were on the same page on that one. Matt Stafford, that's our biggest, uh, biggest difference yet. I had him 17. You had him nine. I mean, are you just saying like, if he's not injured, he's a top 10 quarterback, but he might be injured and then I'll bite that bullet. I think I'm going to bite the bullet and gamble. I'm in a gambling mode with this, with this, but I mean, you look at Stafford, similar to Rogers, one of the all time greats, obviously has all of the intangibles you look at from the arm talent, the, the measurables, being able to move around in the pocket. He's got the statistics. He's got the experience. Most important now, again, he's one of the older guys. It's crazy to believe that, right? That Matthew Stafford at this point is, is one of the more veteran quarterbacks in this league. It's crazy. Um, so he's got all of that. And then, yeah, coming back from this injury and, and I think he, knowing him and, and, and the, the mind, the mindset that he has coming into this year as like, damn, we just won the freaking Super Bowl and just had an embarrassment of a season. Like we need to get back to where we're going. We got to get back to those ways. And obviously McVay still being there, being engaged with him. That's one of the best, obviously coach quarterback relationships, which I know that's a big topic that we love to talk about. Look at the coach and the quarterback type of relationship. So I, I think he gets back there. Yeah, nine, a little high. Obviously, he he's, doesn't have the situation that he had when he had the Super Bowl win. Um, but I still think he is is that good, one healthy, and 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 can really get there and 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 be in that top ten. And honestly, similar kind of thing with some of the what I was thinking about with Hertz and 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 um, Hertz and, and Herbert. Like I'm, it's not like I'm. I'm, I'm Detriment than some of the other guys. I just think Matthew Stafford, when healthy, physically, mentally, right. he's he's in that top ten for sure. Yeah, and, and you know so. what? I guess part of it too is what into my ranking. I'm thinking about just the likelihood of him succeeding for 17 games. Right. That that's a part of why. Because part of this is reliability, right? Like if there's a guy who's missed, you know, like Jimmy Garoppolo, even when when he starts, I was talking about EPA per play last year. He was fifth in the league when he started like that's incredible, but that's also the San Francisco 49ers. And that's not, that's not counting on 17 games from Jimmy G, which is why we would never put him in top five. Even if we were to predict that he would go top five in some of these catch all metrics, like it's not all created equal. And I guess that's part of why I put Stafford down there. Obviously still has Cooper cup still has McVay. You know, they still got some talent over there. And I just, I'm really interested to see what they're, goals are for the season, what their plans are for the season. Cause the one thing that could go really wrong is if there's an injury or they lose five in a row, they can punt on this season because Caleb Williams is one of those dudes in the draft who people are going to tank for. That's just what it is. And if yeah, the Rams are, you know, one in seven and Stafford's playing through a freaking elbow injury again, or shoulder or back or whatever the hell he's been dealing with, the Rams might say, Hey, Stafford, we love you. Thank you so much for everything you've done. We don't need you anymore. Go get better and go somewhere else, right? Like that could happen. That's yeah. not out of the realm of possibilities. That's, that's not and, a bad, yeah. And it's not something you want to predict, but it's something that is very, very possible. All right.
to finish out my top 10 before I let you read off your 11 through 19 here. In my top 10, I had Kirk Cousins at nine and Tua Tagovailoa at 10. Which one is more shocking to you that I had in the top 10, Kirk or Tua? Tua doesn't shock me because the only thing with Tua, why he's not as high as that for me is the injuries, obviously. Right. You just said, talked about the Jimmy G situation. So Tua doesn't shock me. Kirk kind of shocks me because we, we make the joke about Kirk Cousins. He's just – he's not great. He's not bad. He's just in that middle. He so should just be 15 every year no matter what. Yeah, so that's <laughs> a funny one. I'm like, he's making the 15. Nah. He's, I think he's a little bit better than 15, but I think top 10 for me for Kirk Cousins, it's not – it's not crazy – but it's, I, I, to answer your question, I think that's a little bit more shocking than, than Tua. Uh, I think Tua definitely, you know, would, would be deserving to be in there if he just, God forbid, something happens again where he may not even play football ever again kind of thing. So, right. Yeah, we exactly. Obviously don't hope right. that. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah. So let me, let me talk about Kirk Cousins really quick. And, and I guess part of the reason why I ended up putting him there is I'm going through every single starting quarterback and I'm thinking about it. And I just said, if I had to bet who was going to put up the best season out of this group of guys, and in this group, not to give any spoilers, but in this general vicinity of a group, in no particular order, goes Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Tannehill, Garoppolo, Stafford, right? Like those are the guys who are in the realm of that number. And I said, who do I expect to put up the most successful season? And year after year, Kirk Cousins puts up successful season after successful season from an offensive output standpoint. Like, they just, they get buckets. That's what I like to say about the Vikings. Like, their defense is horrendous. They won all these one-score games last year. They were 13-3. and It was lucky. They lost to the Giants. We know the story. But the fact of the matter is, is this offense continues to just get buckets. Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins is a dynamic duo. I don't know if Justin Jefferson's carrying all the heavy weight or not. Kirk has done well without Justin Jefferson's on his team and put up numbers. So it's a happy marriage in my opinion. And looking through that list, I just like, I fought myself on who was going nine. And then I said, why, why am I playing with this? Why am I even stressing when at the end of the year, we're probably going to look at the Vikings who put up more points than any of these other teams. We're going to see Kirk cousins who threw 30 touchdowns again and 4,500 yards. Cause that's what he does. And at some point, you got to kind of respect it and tip your cap and say, listen, you know, we may think you blow it on prime time. Well, he didn't blow it on prime time every time last year. He blew it in the playoffs. I don't know. I think he's there. And I just did not feel as confident in the guys surrounding him. So maybe that was a bet against other guys as it was a bet on Kirk Cousins. But when I broke it down, that's where I went. And you're right with Tua specifically. I wanted to put Tua above him, but it's mm -hmm. so hard. I felt even a little bit crazy putting him at 10 because of the expectation of his health. He was number two last year, Paul, in EPA per play. It went Patrick Mahomes and then Tua. That's what it was. That was the list. When he played last year, that team was electric. So it's hard not to put him as high as I did, but it's also hard to put him that high because of the expectations of health. No, 100%. I mean, Tua, pretty sure he led the league in rating. I, I have it up here. Yeah, he did. 105.5 over Mahomes. You know, everything was there, right? Numbers, he, had the, he had the touchdowns, the yards, and he played, what, 12 games, 13 games? So yep. 
easily would be in the top 10 if he played all 17 games. And the other scary scenario is that it's not an arm, it's not a leg, it's it's the most important part of of any human being, which is, you know, the head. And, and again, he's, he's such a, um, you know, a great guy, and you, you don't want to ruin the rest of his life from, from, from all these, you know, concussions. So, you know, you want to make sure he's okay. But again, he is so good. He can make any throw on the field. That offense is so fun to watch. Like, out of like, right, the, the, the Vikings are fun to watch. Obviously, the Chiefs are fun to watch. But the, the Dolphins, man, with him and, 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 Ty, and Hill and, and Waddle, they are so fun to watch. And then when he's healthy, they're healthy. The Dolphins are freaking scary. So easily two of belongs in the top 10 if he was playing every single week. And, I mean, Kirk Cousins, right. I mean, he's got 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns every year. How is he not in the top 10? But it's it's just the big games, the big moments. He just consistently has not come through, which for me, I think really taints him and bringing him down. Because the stats and the arm and all that is, is one thing, but you know, you've been in the league for this long and, and he hasn't had been able to get that one win yet to and I'm not even talking about a Super Bowl. I'm just talking about just making it into the a playoff play. win. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, right. and you know what? It's not gonna happen this year either. <laughs> no. It's not gonna it's not. I, I'll, I'll say yeah. this though, because now you're gonna read off your eleven to nineteen. I don't know if any of these other guys have done it either. So listen, you know. What do we, you know, it's not, it's not as straightforward as it seems because you're going to read 11 through 19 and I'm going to say, I don't know if any of those guys are going to win the big game either. They've never done it. So yeah. I don't know. Well, one so of let me hear has, it. Read, one read of, off your 11 through 19. One of them has, which I think kind of puts him up there in 11, 19. So, um, so 11, 19, I have Jared Goff, 11. Okay. Cousins and Tua, 12, 13. Dak, Daniel Jones. Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith. Now I know Kyler's not starting, right? I don't know what, what when his timetable is, but yeah, if fine. I had to if I had to put Kyler there, I'd put him at nineteen. But for now, nineteen, I'm going to put Justin Fields. Okay. All right. So actually, you had Kirk, uh, Kirk and Tua pretty close to me, anyway. Yeah. Just a Tua few spots was, down. Golf. I yeah. like the golf one. Um, and you have DJ at 15. We have DJ at the same spot, by the way. We both have no DJ way. at 15. So let me read off mine here. Um, okay. 11, 11 through 19. I have Deshaun at 11, which we spoke about before. I have Dak at 12, Geno Smith at 13, Goff at 14, DJ 15, Carr, Stafford 16, 17, uh, Tannehill and Garoppolo at 18 and 19. Let's start off with Jared Goff, though, because if we're talking about offenses that get buckets, Paul, the Lions got a lot of buckets last year, and it was very different from the Vikings, if you will, because the, well, you know what? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was very similar to the Vikings last year because the Lions were playing from behind a lot, and Goff was slinging the pill and just moving the ball down the field, and they seemed to have something good going there. They have a lot of talent, a great offensive line. I really thought about moving Goff up a little closer to 10 than he is 15 for me. Again, I have him at 14. So what brought you to bring in, bring in Jared Goff up to number 11, a place that we probably wouldn't have expected him to be once that final year in Los Angeles took place? Not at all. I think when we we did the one with him, I mean, I think that was the year he was going in. No, when he was going to Detroit. 
That was his first year in Detroit because we was. had Stafford in in LA. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, uh, we he, had. Let's see, we had Jared Goff at. Oh my god, I can't even find him on the list. Jared Goff, twenty three. Yeah, that's yeah, about right. That sounds about right. Where, oh my gosh, because again, and when his time in LA, I think he was in the system game. Obviously, with with McVay, great coach. Had Todd Gurley, had a good old line, had a lot of good guys around him, Hooks, Woods, all those guys. So I think he benefited from a good situation early on in his career. But what he did last year, talk about buckets. This guy, it's like revolutionary, revitalized his career, whatever the word is. And, you know, I watched a lot of Lions game last year, knowing the the in-laws uh, tied to Michigan and them being Lions fans. So obviously we watched some li- a lot of Lions games. So I watched a lot of, a lot of them. Obviously they played us, you know, play the Giants this year too. So obviously what's that game? The guy is, is he's got that distributor of the football back. Like this guy was making so many great throws. I mean, you look at his numbers, he's what 28 touchdowns to seven interceptions the rating, the completion percentage. I mean, he was really, really impressive last year. And and obviously, you got to tip your cap to Dan Campbell and the job that he's been able to do. I mean, who would have thought that the Lions, one, would have been almost relevant in the playoffs last year? And then who would have thought that it would be Jared Goff being the one leading them there uh, <laughs> versus one of the you know one of the, the rookie quarterbacks or, or or one of those guys? So, but he has been a big reason why that the Lions were able to get to the success that they were last year. And I think they are going to make some noise in that division. Again, Aaron Rodgers is gone in the NFC North. I think it's still the Vikings. Obviously, they won it last year, but who knows? I mean, but I really think the Lions are going to The Lions are favored. The Lions are favored to win. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not surprised. And and a big deal has to be with Jared Goff. So I think he, he really... The confidence is there, being able to make the throws in traffic, being able to make throws on the field. Obviously, he's got some great weapons. Um, St. Brown's a great player. The runbacks were great. Um, so really, Jared Goff impressed me a lot, which why I put him over there at 11. Um, so, yeah, I, I think and I'm thinking big, even bigger things for this year. Yeah, for sure. Now, so. Last year in EPA per play, he was top 10 amongst quarterbacks. So, you know, the stats back it up a little bit as well. And and I'll tell you this, I bet against the lions way too many times last year and it sucked. It <laughs> yeah. sucked all because even if they lost games, there were these end of fourth quarter drives where they're just picking up 29 yards a pop. I'm in Ross St. Brown. Who wants to cover this guy? Anybody? No, apparently not. They want me to lose my bets. That's what, that's what was happening. He was picking people apart. And, and you know what? There was all this this talk about when he was with McVay, all he can do is hit the big play action stuff, right? He's under center, single back, or not yet, basically single back, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, and he's going play action and hitting deep shots to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, but he ain't doing much. He can't do much outside of that. And now Detroit was like, no, actually, we're just going to drop him in shotgun. He's going to see the whole field, and he's going to pick them apart. And it's exactly what he did, and... And some of those throws that we saw, which is why it was hard to judge him with the Rams, impressive throws down the field on a dime, tight spiral, beautiful ball. And it's like, no, this guy can do something. And then he sucked. And you're like, no, wait, does he does he stink again? Like, what what's the story yeah. with this guy? And now Detroit had figured out a way to help him see the field better. I don't know what they did exactly, but 
He's one of those guys that when he drops back, you have confidence. He also didn't turn the ball over. He had seven picks last year. So if you compare him to Kirk Cousins, 4,500 yards for Cousins, 4,400 yards for Goff, 29 touchdowns for both of them, except Kirk threw 14 picks and Goff threw seven, right? So, you know, from those statistics, those pure counting statistics and EPA, Goff is right there, actually a little bit better because he took care of the ball a little bit more. And, you know, you're making me think about having him at 14 when I, I kind of could have, I considered putting him a little higher, but, I, I, you know, it is what it is. All right, let's, yeah, let, I, let's move on. Uh, you got more on golf or no? No, man. I think that everything you said is on point. And again, that was first overall pick for a reason. Yeah, right? I guess so. so. So, yeah. In your range now, you had uh, Dak Prescott 14, Daniel Jones 15, Carr 16, Russell Wilson at 17. I had Russell Wilson way down there at number 21. Derek Carr I had at 16. But Dak Prescott is the guy I want to talk about real quick. I want to talk about him. Geno Smith, and then we'll talk about Russ in a minute. Dak Prescott had a pretty terrible year last year. Like, he just didn't get it done. He got hurt, missed four games or five games, whatever it was. He threw the, the most picks in the league, even with missing those games. So his pick rate was just horrible. And it didn't look like Dak Prescott. He wasn't as athletic. It just, it was bad. It was not fun to watch, even though the Cowboys still won 12 games. Their defense was incredible. They do still have weapons. So, Paul, we talked about some guys off injuries. We talked about guys finding their groove back. You have Dak Prescott kind of in a place that a year or two ago we would have thought is an insult to Dak, but right now it's about where he's getting ranked. So what do you think about Dak this year, and I guess more so the Cowboys in general? Yeah, well, Dak, I know a lot of people like him in the top 10. I, I could see why, because he has everything that we talk about from the skill set, the arm, the ability, the athleticism, get face of a franchise, great leader. He's everything that you would expect in a great NFL franchise quarterback. And it's crazy to say that, right, how many games has he won? They've won 10-plus games every year since I think he's been the starter, pretty sure, right? Or at least nine or right. At least he's, they've been in the playoffs, and was well, he, crazy missed, he like missed that one full year with a broken leg. So that not counting right. that one, obviously they've been nine, ten, eleven, twelve wins. Right, and obviously he's in a very good situation. He's got a lot of great weapons. Again, that one time with when Zeke went went crazy um, with with that offensive line. So it's funny when I look at the Cowboys. At one point in the season, they look so good. They're scoring on every drive. Dak's making great throws. Pollard's going for 10. Obviously, Zeke's not here anymore, but Zeke going for 10. It's it's like they're scoring at will. Michael Parsons is making sell. I'm like, who the hell can beat the freaking Cowboys? When they are on, they look so scary and that nobody can beat them. And then you fast forward to another game. A completely different team. Three picks. <laughs> Three picks, a fumble. Yeah. It's it's like, what the hell? So why I have him that high is because when he's on, he could be up there with all the top 10 guys that we talked about. But he has so many games, especially in those bigger games, where his play is bringing him down, unfortunately, where he doesn't play to the level of the game. Um, like that, 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 that game against the 49ers in the playoffs, man, was just ugly. I know it was ugly kind of on both sides, but 
but that was just gross. And but and the, it's it's the 49ers can win ugly. They like to win ugly sometimes. Yes, you know, agreed. And the Cowboys but, don't. <laughs> no, because when they look ugly, they look ugly. But when they look good, they look freaking good. Like I, I remember, it was like week four or five of last year, and. They won big, like 38. They put up like 40 points. Like, right, defense, like, shut. I forget what the game was. But I remember I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, God, we got the Eagles, our freaking stack, and now the Cowboys look so good. Like, this sucks, man. This is our division, our rivals, right? Because they look so good. So, all in all, I think Dak comes back. Again, it's going to be interesting to see. No Kellen Moore. That could be an interesting narrative. I know that's been really his guy, and, and, a big factor in his success. Um, but again, still got help, still got weapons. And I think the noise is going to start to get to him a little bit where he's like, okay, enough is enough, right? I think it's time. Yeah, And and I think the Cowboys, they got some decisions to make, I think, at the end of this year. If they don't get to a level of the success in terms of the playoffs, I think there's going to be a lot of question marks with do they continue to move forward with Dak? Do they continue to move forward with Mike McCarthy? I think Mike McCarthy is definitely on more of the hard seat than Dak is um, because who else are you really going to get out there that's going to be better than Dak? But but you also don't want to be in Kirk Cousins' land where you have just 10 years of great – Right, because they're in Kirk Cousins' play. land. Yeah, they're the same quarterback. He's never going to win anything. Dak and, Dak and Kirk have been eerily similar in their careers to this point. Yeah. You know, Dak's yes. had a little bit more regular season success, but when it comes down to it, They've been incredibly similar. Um, if Kirk had the offensive line and run game that the Cowboys had in Dak's early part of his career, we're probably talking about Kirk with the same amount of regular season success as well. They're very, very similar. I'm high on the Cowboys this year, and I guess I'm a little bit higher than on Dak than you. I have him at 12. I have him above Goff and Geno Smith and Daniel Jones. You know, some of those guys you do too. You have him at 14. So very similar, obviously. I just like, I think he's going to not turn the ball over like that. Like it's never been his thing. Like he's never been a turnover machine before he was playing through injury last year. Thumb injury is obviously brutal for a quarterback. I think it's highly unlikely that he's as turnover prone. And if you take away those turnovers from his, from his season last year, he was good. He was pretty good. And he made a bunch of bad throws and a bunch of things that just didn't look like Dak Prescott. Yes. He can't move around like he used to, but if I were a betting man, which I am, I'm betting on Dak, <laughs> betting on Dak Prescott to be better this year. That's that's all. But I guess not better to yeah. be top ten just yet. Too many guys above him. No, I agree. All right, too many um, guys above him. Yeah. Geno Smith, I have him at thirteen. You have him at eighteen. I, that's probably his range, right? Like the highest I could have imagined putting Geno Smith. I I thought about him at ten for a second, but I was like, eh, probably a little bit crazy. I feel good about him at thirteen. You have him at eighteen. Talk about another guy who just got buckets last year, similar to Goff, similar to Cousins, like just threw the ball downfield beautifully. Definitely still flashed some athleticism, even though he's in his 30s. He has weapons out the ass. Like Gino did a lot of good things last year. His EPA per play was seventh in the league uh, on the on the composite. If you go to like the more specific one, it's a little bit lower, but still, still close to 10. I thought Gino was surprisingly solid and consistent last year. You ranked him at 18th. Is there something you still don't like about Gino or something you don't trust about him? I I totally agree. Guy was unbelievable in 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 the game in last year and honestly good for him. Again, coming from unfortunately being the quarterback of, of the New York Jets, you know, in recent memories, never an easy thing to do. 
So and the Giants, for that matter. And the Giants. That's right. He <laughs> took over. For, he broke Eli's streak. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, talk about a time. McAdoo. Get out of here, yeah. brother. So, um, no, it, it's a really great story with Geno Smith being able to, same thing, some of them to golf, being able to get a, get a fresh start. And, and really get an opportunity here because obviously everyone, including the Seahawks and including us, obviously talking sports and football, everyone's like, Gino's going to be the bridge guy. We're going to go draft CJ Shroud or, or we're going to suck. And then all right, we'll get that next guy. Like that was exactly the plan. Nobody had any plans for Gino Smith coming in here and doing what he did. So it's been crazy to see that. So for me, why I think I put him – Again, he's definitely in this range for sure. Why I put him a little bit below, or lower, it's not even worth a little bit more below than some of the other guys. I just don't know if he could do that again this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was it's kind a of a year. one. It's it's it's, and you never want to look too far in in a past of a quarterback because again, completely different team, franchise person. There's so many things, but. When you look at the Goff situation, for example, like Jared Goff had some success in early on in his career. I understand that he's obviously been in a different situation, different weapons, different types of thing. Um, but Jared Goff, it's not like this is coming out of nowhere, kind of like how Geno Smith is kind of like coming right. out of nowhere. And I think the 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 years that he had prior, where it was not good years, if that makes sense, yeah. Is in in my head why I'm like I feel like he's just had so many bad years where I don't know if he can do this again, but I'm interested to see because like you said he's got great weapons he's got this confidence obviously he's in a great great uh, organization a winning organization so who knows but I just think it's going to be very tough to see him do that again this year. Could Back you argue? Me. And I'm putting you on the spot because we're doing quarterback rankings here, but. Could you argue that they have the best receiver room in the league? DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and now Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's obviously a rookie, but one of those rookies you expect to be good right away. Is there a Did room? Think, Maybe the Bengals? I'd say the Bengals are just, up actually, there. Probably just the Bengals, maybe. Like, like who, who else has... I'll, I'll, I'll run through it right now. Like If you look at, in the AFC East, none of them... Oh, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, for sure. Sorry. Dolphins Tyree Kill and Waddle, but not a lot of depth after that. Um, no one in the North outside the Bengals, who we talked about already. Um, the South, the Jaguars are not as good as them. The Chiefs definitely aren't as good as them. The Chargers, you can make an argument with health, and maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm. Um, that's maybe the Eagles you could put in that conversation. Yeah, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. That's yeah. probably it, dude. No, they I, might have like a top three wide receiver unit in the oh, league. I'm putting them up against the Bengals as the top two, I think. I think I give the edge to the Bengals just because they have Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase and they're, they're all younger. They're probably all younger, right? T. Yeah, Higgins, like Chase, Rockets a little older. Yeah. Yeah. And to be important, complete, I think Smith and Jigba is going to be the best one out of them. I think he's going to be better crazy. than that Because Lockett's been just, just a lock, pun intended, for a thousand so yards and ten touchdowns. Like, it's crazy. But he's he's literally almost like a combination. Obviously not as big and physical as DK, but he's bigger than Lockett, but it can run like Lockett, but also can be physical and big. Like So, yeah, I mean, he, he's got the setup there 
And he's got the young running back I like a lot, which is Kenneth Walker, yeah. who's, yep. who's going to be really good again this year, I think. Um, so he's got he's got everything set up for success. So we'll see. I just I, again, I'm just still a little uh, hesitant on putting Geno higher up on that list compared to some of the other guys again that we we, we have up there, just because he hasn't done it as consistently in his career. Yeah. So. All right, let's move on because we're getting a little lengthy here already. We're at an hour or five or something like that. This is perfect, though. This is a big episode to do quarterback rankings and tiers. You got to talk about a lot. But one thing that we could never, ever skip because we'd have to have our fanhood revoked, we got to talk about the tried and true number 15 on both of our lists, Daniel Jones, Paul. Daniel Jones is ranked 15th. When we did this ranking in 2021, we both had Daniel Jones ranked really low. We had him at like 27 and that was accurate. Let's be honest. That was 2021 people. So let's not forget that's not 2022, but even at the start of last season, this guy was definitely closer to 20 than he was 15, let alone 10. And at the end of last season, you could make an argument that he should have been ranked around, you know, 10 to 13, 14 range. And right now, with some people coming back from injury, we both locked him in at 15. So, Paul, just give it to me straight. Give give me your Daniel Jones thoughts going into the year oh. 2023, our 15th-ranked quarterback. So, my first thought is, who the hell would have thought that two years ago we'd be sitting here doing this again and that we're putting him at number 15? I would have guessed he wasn't the Giants quarterback anymore, if I'm being honest. He wasn't going to be the – that's my point. I don't. We didn't even think he was gonna get the fifth year, get re-signed. We all at that point in time were like, "He's not the guy. We got to move on." If he was in that, it, it's it's like the worst situation where like he's not gonna play elite level, where like it's a no-brainer. You got to sign him, but he's not gonna play bad, where like oh, it's an easy cut. He's gonna be like in the middle, where it's like oh, we don't know what to do. But last year, I think was completely, completely different. So the biggest thing for me with Daniel Jones, where my mindset kind of changed, where I started really taking a step back and thinking like, wow, you know what? I think this is really does make sense. The moment that ownership came out and said the statement of, we have not done a good job in setting Daniel up for success. Took a step back. I'm like, hmm, that's actually a really good point. Let's take a look at where the Giants were when they drafted Daniel Jones. Look at the coaching moves that they had. You just talked about your guy, Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, Joe Judge. Don't say Jason Garrett. I'll throw up. Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you expect to have a, a young quarterback who's not a Trevor Lawrence coming out of college, who's not a Justin Herbert, who's not one of these guys that's going to come in day one is going to be a freaking superstar. Daniel Jones, we knew, was going to be a project. But when you say project, that some people kind of think that's a eh word. No, you need to be able to set him up for success in a way that he can be a successful quarterback, but he's not going to come in day one and be like, okay, holy crap, by year two, he's going to be an all-pro, like a Herbert or Lawrence or Lamar, one of those guys. So... With that in mind, they did not do a good enough job of setting him up for success until now. I think coming into this year, 
There is zero excuses. And again, I mean, everyone's talking about it here locally. We're all jacked up, obviously. Um, there's zero excuses for him to not take that next step. What's the excuse? You got you got Barkley back. That's a whole different topic. We'll talk about the whole Barkley contract, whatever. He's here. He's playing. He's suiting up this year. That's all that matters. Who gives a crap, right? Offensive line is going to be better. You finally got some weapons. He had the 32nd ranked receiving core last year. Horrible. Richie James. Yeah. Richie James was our leading receiver last year. And nothing against Richie James. He did great. But Richie James compared to the guys you just talked about on the Seahawks? I I, I mean, come on. So. Wait, Richie James. Real quick, real quick aside. Richie James on the Chiefs now. And the, yeah, he's not even on the Giants anymore. The Chiefs don't have a good receiving core, and Richie James is still like their number four or five. Okay, yeah. that's it. That's the that's everything right there. Marquez Valdez Scantling, um, Sky Moore, obviously a pretty high pick, so that that's fine. Marquez Valdez Scantling, Sky Moore, Tony. Ju- Justin Ross, and Kadarius Tony are all above Richie James in the depth chart. That's it. Three ex Giants too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but back to back to DJ. Um, right. I mean, the guy proved last year that he deserved to be re-signed. Not obviously because of, of how great he played, in my opinion. I think that is part of it. The other part of it, in my opinion, I think that's, that it was really a no-brainer was, look what which really else is out there. Again, this guy really hasn't got a fair chance, an opportunity to really be in a good situation where, like, okay, he is now set up to succeed. Let's give him a shot. And last year was a little bit of a taste of that, mainly because of coaching. Obviously, Dayball and Kafka, top-tier level of coaching, offensively, of course. So he finally got a little bit of taste of that. So showing the success that he was able to do last year, now coming into this year with, the, with this, again, same system, year two, new weapons, new buzz and confidence. I think that was the biggest thing, too. He's got some confidence. Like, do won a freaking playoff game last year. Like, I know that's not a huge thing that, that people talk about, but for a guy like Daniel Jones who has gone through the ringer here in New York and has kept his mouth shut and has put his head down and showed up for every game and has given it his all, I, I'm really expecting big things from him this year. So that's where I think the 15 number is fair. Um, obviously, I think in terms of just pure talent, He's not obviously there as some of the other guys in terms of just distributing the football. Obviously, we know he, he's got a big arm to throw deep. So, obviously, excited to see how that's going to go with Hyatt and uh, and Waller in the red zone. So, we're going to be really excited to see that. Um, but, obviously, he can make plays with his legs. We know he can do that. So, I'm, I'm really thinking that Jones can make a case to potentially crack into that top 10, given to the level of, of the situation that he's got going into this year. Yeah, and the big thing for me this year is he needs to throw more touchdowns. It's pretty simple, right? Like yeah. now, granted, if he runs for fourteen touchdowns, then sure. But I heard for the first three years of his career that this guy can run. He's athletic. I was like, okay, let's get him in the end zone. If he's this much of a weapon, he needs to score touchdowns in the red zone. And last year he did that. He ran for seven touchdowns. That's great. Really was. It was great that he ran for those touchdowns. He only threw fifteen touchdowns. He hasn't eclipsed twenty since his rookie season. It is imperative for him to throw some freaking touchdown passes this year. Because right now, you're looking at those guys around him on the list, and they're all walking into 25 touchdowns. Just like, close your eyes, 
and you look at Kirk Cousins, Tua, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, 25-plus, guaranteed. Derek Carr, 25-plus, guaranteed. For Daniel Jones, for me, to actually move up to get close to 10 on this list, he needs to throw more touchdowns. And it's very simple. It's probably not the advanced metric that you need to look at when you're judging quarterbacks, but I don't care, right? There, there comes a point in time where I said, or there came a point in time where I said, all right, he can run fast. Let's see him use it though. And then he used it last year. He can throw good balls. Let's see him use it in the spots that matter most. He needs to put up more numbers and throw more touchdowns. He can do that this year with Darren Waller, Isaiah Hodgins, and, and hopefully Jalen Hyatt shows up. That's very possible. But for a lot of Giants fans, it's very split. I think you and I are actually being at that extremely reasonable level, putting him at 15, because there are Giants fans who are like, oh, he's definitely top 10. And to them, I say, yeah. what are you smoking? Like, what have you been watching? <laughs> he had a good year, a good year. He proved that he good deserved year. to be a starting quarterback in the NFL last year. He's not top 10. And then there are other Giants fans who say he sucks. He got overpaid. He's brutal. He's bottom third. And that's stupid too. Like you have, like you can say you and I are taking the easy way out. If you're listening to this podcast right now, putting him at 15, I think we're actually choosing the right number, right? It's not a cop out. That's where he is. He, in my opinion, is clearly better than uh, Ryan Tannehill right now. And Jimmy Garoppolo right now, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, like, He's clearly better than those guys, but he's not clearly better than Jared Goff, Geno Smith, Dak Prescott. It's not because guess what? Yes, they have a little bit better receiving cores. Maybe they've had better situations in the past. Even when those situations haven't been as good, they are putting up absolute numbers compared to Daniel Jones. So for a guy who played 17 games last year, uh, he cannot, or he played 16, I guess he didn't play in week uh, week 18 last year. He threw 3,200 yards, right? Not because he was hurt. They just didn't, that that last game didn't matter for them. He threw 3,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. He needs to get close to 4,000 and he needs to be at 25 again. And if he doesn't do that, we're going to come back next year and say, okay, the Giants, when uh, they went eight and nine and it was a decent year, you know, solid, competitive, fun. But is Daniel Jones really going to lift this team up? Right? He, He proved that he belongs last year, but now can he prove that he raises the ceiling? That's the question for Daniel Jones. And that's why he's squarely number 15 on this list. Yeah, I agree. Just, uh, I guess the last note would be, you know, if you, you listen to all the press conferences after the game, which I tend to love to do it, Dable said the same thing almost every week. Daniel did everything we asked him to do. Right. Daniel does everything we asked him to do. Yes. And what do you think about resigning? Daniel does everything, which is not a bad thing. No, but doing everything that, we ask you to do gets you at 15 right gets you at that 16 17 to get to that 10 to 5 to the top level it's not we ask you what whatever this, yeah we, oh he does everything that we ask what can you do on top of that right what are you what doing you on top of that so yeah. take the team up they're going to go as far as as he's going to be I, I don't believe so much in like oh it's it's if, if we don't make the playoffs or we think it's going to be all on Daniel Jones. Yes, it, it, it's very it's very important, but I don't think the way this team is set up and built, it's it's got to be – and you can say that on any team, but for the Giants, it's, 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 it's a, the old winning ways of the Giants where it's going to be defense, it's going to be smash mouth, run the football, don't turn the ball over, make the right throws here and there. 
Um, but you're right. I think it's it's he's got to be able to take the team to the next level, and 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 that's because that's the game now. That is the game. That's the game. These guys, these quarterbacks, got to be able to do that. So, all right, I'm excited. Move on. We don't. I don't really want to talk about Derek Carr and and. Uh, I mean, we could say quick words on him, but I don't even know if it's particularly worth it. I, I, tell me if you disagree. Derek Carr is going to be a increase at the quarterback position for the New Orleans Saints. He's probably not going to light the world on fire, but they don't necessarily need him to. And I think that's why I put him where I put him at 16. I think he's basically a better, he's a way better passer than Daniel Jones and has none of the juice on the legs, but net neutral. I think they're kind of similar. And that's why I kind of have Derek Carr at 16. I think the system in New Orleans is going to be good for him this year. Good weapons, good change of scenery for him the whole nine. You know, it's just, is it exciting to talk about Derek Carr? I don't think so. Do you have anything to add there? No, it's not exciting to talk about him, but you know, you got to give him a lot of credit though. I, I know like that year within at the Raiders with the whole Gruden thing, the rugs thing, I was really impressed on how he was really able to keep everything together and keep them yeah. pushing through the playoff win. But yeah, again, like you said, I don't think he's going to light the world on fire. He'll be around 25 touchdowns, maybe around around 35 to 30, 100 yards. Nothing really too exciting. Um, but, again, I think the, it's the same division, really. Um, obviously, yeah. Carolina, uh, Atlanta, and even Tampa. You can honestly from maybe series and rebuild. So, But they'll be around. Again, Saints a great, great run organization. I think that's going to fit great for Carr. Obviously, the defense of the weapons, but yeah, not too much more to add. Yeah, like I think if, if, at the end of this year, if we end up saying like, oh, Derek Carr's 12, we'll be like, yeah, that, that's fine. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You know, maybe we put him down a little bit because what have, what have you done for me lately? Not much. And he actually belongs yeah. in the 12 spot or the 11 spot. That's fine. But I have him at 16, and so do you. So there you go. All right. Russell Wilson, that's a pretty big one. You had him at 17. I had him at 21. Um, before we read off the final list here, you expect some increase for Russell Wilson this year. You don't think he's fried? I don't think he's fried. I think how I how I said it's, and it's ironic how it's like I talk about Gino and now I talk about Russell in the kind of the same way because obviously you know ex teams whatever. I think it's the same thing. I, I Russell Wilson at another point was a top five elite, if not top three at one point. The guy knows how to win. The guy knows how to how to play the quarterback position. Last year was, I think, such a fluke where there's no way in hell that Russell Wilson, who's still relatively in a good point in his career, I know he's, I think he's probably on the tenth hole, eleventh yeah. hole. He's slowed down. Definitely on the back nine. He's not. He's not. He's not on eighteen or seventeen, but he, he's on the back nine. What is he? Thirty three, thirty four, I think. Something like Around that. There, 32, whatever. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. So he's he's not the young buck anymore, but I think he is if you if put it before last year, you can argue that he could be a potential Hall of Famer. Is the guy's got yeah. all he does all he does is freaking win. He's got the ring, he's got the numbers, and, and he's got everything that you could look at as a guy that could be considered for a Hall of Famer. And then obviously last year definitely hurt that. But I think coming into this year, again, second year in a new team, new franchise, new weapons, the Sean Payton thing I think is going to help tremendously. Yeah. Nothing against Hackett. Um, Everything against Hackett. Again, obviously, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was bad. But it, it was bad. But I think 
I think he's coming back with vengeance this year because it was bad last year. Yeah. And if Sean Payton, tell me if I'm wrong, if Sean Payton didn't believe Russell Wilson still had it, would he leave the broadcasting world or to go back into coaching and, and, and take that mess? Yeah, no, you're right. And we just talked about Derek Carr. I think it's incredibly similar. Now, Russell didn't change franchises this year. He did last year, but he changed coaches, which is huge. Derek Carr had Josh McDaniels last year. I think Josh McDaniels is not a good coach, not a good head coach. I don't, yeah. He's bad. He's bad, right? Nathaniel Hackett, he was bad. One of the quickest firings in the history of the NFL. Sean Payton, and now, granted, there's no like superstar coach in New Orleans anymore, but they're a much better run organization, like you mentioned. Carr and Wilson, there is a reason to believe that they will be better. I get a little nervous with Russell Wilson just because I do think the athleticism is slipping a good bit. And so much of his spectacularness was predicated on him extending plays and hitting deep shots and whatnot. And I I just want to see if he can do that still last year. He couldn't, he was getting sacked insane amount of times uh, with Denver last year. He still has weapons. I put him at 21 and I kind of feel bad about that now. Like, do I think Justin Fields and Jimmy G are going to be better than him? I could see an argument for both sides, which is why I'm happy you had him at 17. I have him at 21. It, it, like, I don't want to rework my list. I'm going with what I went with. Um, but I am kind of high on the Broncos, right? So I don't know if Russell Wilson's going to be a star this year, but I do expect him to be a lot better. And I do expect the Broncos to be very competitive. So yeah, I, I had him at 21, but I could have easily put him at 18. And I just didn't. So it is what it is. Yeah. All right. And I think go, my argument of like the whole... I'm going to take Russell Wilson over freaking Justin Fields or Jimmy G. Yeah. Like, come on. And Ryan Tannehill, who you didn't mention yet either yet. And Tannehill's another tough one who, like, I didn't know what to do. I just put my hands up. I'm like, yeah, he's probably around 15, he's probably around, realistically, he's probably like 13 to 16, but he didn't really play last year. And you you don't know what to expect when guys are over 30 and they get hurt and miss half a season. So, I put him at 18, but let me hear the rest of your list, 20 through 32, and we'll finish up here. Yeah, so 20, Jimmy G, Mac Jones, Tannehill. I put Purdy slash Trey Lance because you don't know how that situation potentially will finish up. That's Um, funny because I put Purdy slash Sam Darnold. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I put Purdy and then like in parentheses, but yeah, so Purdy then, then, I mean, the rest of them are, are going to be these again, kind of more just not proven because I think this tier four we're talking about is kind of below average slash like unproven. Um, as you talked about on the jump to get started, what we have 10 first time starters this year for week one. Mm -hmm. So that's where we get into. So I go fields, Jimmy G, Mac Jones. Tannehill, 22, Purdy, Pickett, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Baker Mayfield, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Jordan Love, and then the guy in Arizona who I think is going to start. He started week one, right? Toon? Clayton Toon. Yeah. So, But, again, not, nothing against that, that against him. Never. Who knows? But yeah, so so Jimmy G, Mac Jones, Tannehill, Purdy, Pickett, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Richardson, Baker, Desmond Ritter, Howell, Jordan Love, Kim. All right. So um, similarly, you know, kind of went off 
to that last tier there after I got through um, Wilson. I got Fields at 20, Wilson at 21, Pickett 22, Jones 23, Purdy 24, and then that final group. I have Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, CJ Stroud, Desmond Ritter, Anthony Richardson, Clayton Toon, Sam Howell. And the only thing that I'm really considering here, which I, I don't even know what I was thinking. I don't, I, I've always been a kind of a hater on Jordan Love and I put him at 26, but this part of the list like doesn't even matter, honestly. No. Yeah, I'd rather, like... I'd, sorry, I'd rather bet on CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson to do more things this year, but I do think there's some sort of infrastructure there for Jordan Love to do okay. I just think all these guys are not going to do anything special unless one of these rookies kind of, you know, jumps off the page. And that's possible for Bryce Young, which is why I put him first. It's possible for Stroud and possible for Richardson. But yeah, I don't know. Is there anyone in this list that you want to specifically talk about? Do you want to talk about Mac Jones or 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 Bryce Young? Is anyone there who jumps off that you want to just get some takes off of? Um, I mean, you know, because I put Tannehill twenty two. Where did you have Tannehill? I had Tannehill at eighteen. Okay, right, because he definitely belongs in that. Like, I thought about putting him in the solid veteran. Like, doesn't suck, but not really expectations. But I moved him down because I don't even know if he's going to finish the rest of this year. To be honest with you, I think the That's Levis. How pick, I feel too. The Levis pick was not surprising, but I think it's now right. Like the Titans have been, have been interesting to me because I mean, what two years ago, just coming off a division title, playoff team. Great coach, great run game, defense. Still had A.J. Brown. Yeah, A.J. Brown. Tannehill was actually, like, balling. I, I think in 21 we had Tannehill at least at, like, 15, 16, if not even higher. Um, I had Tannehill, so at, like for I him, had Tannehill at, uh, at 10. Exactly. So did you. Did? So did you. You had him at 8. Yeah. Yeah, I had him in top 10, I think, because at that time he was up there. Yeah. So. So he's interesting to me. So I really, I don't even know if he's going to really get finished this year because if I'm the Titans and I'm, we know what we're going to get from Tannehill. It's the same thing with Jimmy G. It's the same thing with, you know, Baker, right? It's, it's like we know what we're going to get out of these guys. And more um, importantly, you know what you're not going to get. And we know what we're not going to get, right? But so they're the bridge guys that I think. So that's why I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put him down here. Um, Matt Jones. I don't know. It's so hard with him where I tell me if I'm wrong, my take with Matt Jones. I feel like because of the Patriots system and how their play calling and play design and weapons, Mac Jones is being affected by that. He's one of those guys where like Jalen Hurts is doing so well. Obviously he's great, but he's also in a great situation. Look what he's doing. And then Mac Jones is the complete opposite. Where I don't think he's as bad as people can say it to him that he is. I just think he is so limited in that offense. Well, last year, especially. In, in I mean, they had Joe Judge and Matt Patricia running the offense. It's pathetic. Yeah. Right. Like so. The, so on my over under podcast, I went high on the Jaguars. I went low on the Titans, which I'm nervous about the Titans because Vrabel and that defense compete. They almost made the playoffs last year, even with the horrible quarterback situation. Are they the type of franchise to punt? I don't know. You and I both think that they could, right? If he's banged up and they're, you know, three and seven, what are they doing? But also, did they just learn that putting Malik Willis in before he was ready is a horrible mistake? 
right? Do they not want to do that again with, with Will Levis? I don't know. Maybe they really try to grind out nine wins with Tannehill. Maybe. Patriots in a similar position. They had no offensive coaching last year, and it really hurt Mac Jones a ton. His rookie year was way better than year two. Now they have Bill O'Brien, who's a legitimate offensive play caller, and they got, you know, okay-ish weapons. They, they're fine at the weapon position. He could be back to that closer to middle tier quarterback this year. I mean, he got, I got him at a 23. You got him at 21. I I think he could be an 18th ranked quarterback this year. Why not? Not really asking too much, but it's just so hard to judge him because last year was a disaster and it goes back to McDaniel. It goes back to Joe Lombardi. It goes back to Nathaniel Hackett. It's nearly impossible to judge quarterbacks when their coaching is that pathetic. And that's where they were last year. So I'm kind of with you. I don't know what to do with him because we didn't really get to watch him last year. It was like a different thing. Yeah. No, and that's the big thing for me why I'm like, like, to be honest, out of all, I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm really excited to see these these rookies play out. Um, you know, the to be honest with you, I think Bryce Young has the most, like it's like he reminds me a lot of Tua, not because obviously he's with Alabama and like you know like the, the kind of like looks right, but I think he's such a polished quarterback. Like coming, like coming into this league, and again, something against Stroud or Richardson, because obviously I think Anthony Richardson's the most talented guy, being able to run and throw. Guy's a freak of nature, and he's either I think going to be like right, like within that top 10, 15 number, or could easily just like trap the bed. BMS, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think Bryce. So it's 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 like interesting, like how we we go from like the Trevor Lawrence class, and then like the guys last year who are like, eh, and now these guys are like, mm, I don't know. And then you get like a guy like Caleb Williams who comes out, who I think is going to be awesome, right? Right, real deal. So real deal. But yeah, man. I mean, I you know I I like picking a lot too. It's opposite situation being in New England where. Mike Tom does not go under 500 no matter what. Yeah. Especially last year, you think he's going. So I'm excited to see him. I know he's got some exciting young receivers in, in, in Pittsburgh, and he's got some exciting little, you know, some, some guys over there. So that should be interesting. Really tough division, obviously. So, um, but yeah, man, I think, I think I'm good here. I think the rest of this, this tier, it's, it's a question mark. But yeah, I, that's I why think, they're in this tier. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, like, I think out of any of those guys who I think could make the jump, honestly, um, from twenty into the top, you know, I think Pickett's got there. I think Mac Jones can get there, and then obviously the rookies. Who knows? I think it's going to take at least another year or two, unless they just one of them just comes out of nowhere and just lights right. it up. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to you know potentially hopefully we do another mid season. Oh yeah you know, episode where we can kind of see like, okay, here's where we were preseason. Yeah. And there's like three or four guys yeah. on, the, on the list anymore. Cause they're not starting or they're hurt. Like that's going to happen. Yeah. Matthew Stafford goes from nine on my list to 29. Yeah. He sucks or he hurts. <laughs> that's a big gamble. It's I'm like, oh, he's going to love that one. It's And yeah. I love Stafford too. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Uh, last thing I'll say is Jordan love. I had him at 26. Again, I don't even care about the ranking. I don't think Jordan love is very good. I've never liked his quarterback play and I feel bad. Like not that he listens to this freaking podcast, obviously, or that this podcast is getting out into an ether where 
oh, this guy's ripping Jordan Love. I just don't like, it's not in my makeup to consistently rip human beings frequently. I just don't think he's very good. I didn't think he was good in college. I didn't think he was a good pick for the Packers. And now he's getting a chance to prove me wrong and prove a whole lot of people wrong. Everyone outside of Green Bay, basically, right? Some people are arguing that Hackett's system, not Hackett, um, LaFleur's system is actually going to be run the way it's supposed to be run this year because there's no Aaron Rodgers mixing in his stuff. Sure, their weapons can be kind of good in Watson and Dobbs. Sure, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, still good. Sure, the defense was terrible last year. That's not going to help his cause. I have very little faith, and it seems like you also have very little faith in Jordan Love. Is there a universe where he writes this ship and is, you know, proven to be a legitimate starter in this league? Cause I, I'm just not, I'm not going to believe it until I see it for like a couple weeks in a row. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it. Like you said, I wasn't like a huge fan of that pick either. Um, obviously they hit the freaking jackpot with having Brett Favre and drafting and Rogers right behind it. Like you're never going to get that luck again. So yeah, I, but again, when Rodgers was coming out, we thought he was going. It was going to be Alex Smith and him one two, or even Rodgers going number one overall. We're obviously we're not saying that about Jordan Love. Right. So now he's coming, taking over a team like you said that it's got a lot of question marks. But eh, uh, yeah, sure, good running game, sure, a couple of nice weapons, bad defense. So it's not like he's coming into a situation that's like, oh, okay, he's set up for success. It's not a good situation in my opinion right now. And then I don't think he's that good. Yeah. That's like, he's going to come in. Like if Adam Rogers was having trouble in the situation, I know it's a little bit different with him and his ego. And, right. You know, all of that is a little bit different, but it's like, if Adam Rogers was having trouble with this, with this situation, what's Jordan Love really going to do? So yeah, I don't really have too many expectations with them as well. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, who knows again, you know, the Packers always, are a team that you can't some you can't count out again. Just a well-run organization, maybe. Um, you know, maybe so. maybe they've been been getting covered up by some great quarterbacks for twenty years. Who's to say? True, but so we'll 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 find out. But um, but yeah, man, I, I think the most thing I'm really excited about. I think those like mid-level guys that we talk about. You know, Herbert, Lamar, Trevor, Hurts. Do they make that jump to tier one? I think that's where I'm really excited. And that's what's more fun to watch, right? Obviously, the Dak situation is always fun because, like, what Dak are you going to get? Are you going to get Pro Bowl, All Pro Dak, or are you going to get, like, bad Dak, yeah. right? Obviously, our personal interest with Daniel Jones being Giants fans, but I think it's also interesting to see. Just got signed. Her cousins, who knows? Gino and Russell. So, this is so many storylines this year um, as we're kind of wrapping this up here. Um, that, that the quarterback position alone is going to be so excited to talking about. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how it comes out. Um, obviously rooting for all these guys to not only succeed, but also obviously be healthy. Um, most important, but I'm just pumped in that football's back in two weeks. We're back, baby. We're back. Especially with our baseball teams, man. Oh, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's well, Paul, this so has been bad. great. Um, speaking of those, baseball teams do we have a friend calling in or no what what, what friend I, I think we got a call coming in on the line right now actually and i think that this one guy he's been trying to get in touch with me for a while now um paulie from bensonhurst 
has been trying to get on this airwave for a long time to talk about the New York Yankees. So, Polly from Bensonhurst, what's up? You want to talk Yankees? Payday. How we doing, bro? Yeah, you know, first time, long time. Big fan of the show. Uh, been a Yankee fan for over 45 years. Uh, it really kills me to say how embarrassed and empathetic I am to watch this baseball team. I mean, I just got a notification a couple hours ago. They're sending up their prospects. Mm. So the season's over, bro. I mean, the first time they're coming into August and, 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 and uh, they're in last place for almost 30 years. What does that tell you about how this team is being run? I mean, Cashman's got to go. Boone's got to go. They got to just get rid of the whole team besides Aaron Judge and Anthony Volpe. Not because Anthony Volpe's an Italian. Obviously, I'm Italian from Brooklyn and all that. But, yeah. you know, I think he's got a bright future. But the biggest thing for me, Pete, again, that's really been grinding my gears, the, the moment that they tainted the uniform mm. by putting that patch on the side of the shirt, the jersey. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. You're, you're going to tell me that you're blaming the patch on, on the Yankees' losses right now? I'm blaming the patch, bro. I'm blaming the patch. Look up the record that the Yankees, I looked it up. I don't know what it is, but I looked it up. The, the moment that the Yankees put the patch on the jersey, bro, they have went completely downhill, and that's it. That's it, you know. It, yeah, it's, it's absolutely pathetic. Well, curious to hear your thoughts. I know you're a Mets fan, and I obviously support what you're doing. I know your team's having a rough year, too, so I'm glad that we're in it together. But, uh, again, big, big, big fan of the show. Thanks for having me. All right, all right. Thanks. Yeah, hang up and listen now, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Polly from Bensonhurst, first appearance on the pod. Maybe many more to come. You never know what's going to come out of Paulie from Bensonhurst's mouth. You know, he's not happy. He's not a happy guy. Really, his, his gears are always grinded. You know, it's, it is what it is, but that's what you get here in New York City. You get guys who've been watching the Yankees for 109 years. They've seen every game, season ticket holder for 62, and that's just what you get on WFAN. That's right. <laughs> There's nothing better. All right, Paul, that was great. Good, uh, good intro for Paulie Bensonhurst, but even better on your quarterback takes. Um, Great rankings, great tier work by you. That's all we got. We'll be back in the midseason to do this again. We have to because it's 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 one thing to do the preseason rankings, but then to actually have something to grab a hold of, some some overachievers, some underachievers to try to still look forward. Uh, it's great. I'm so pumped for football season. We made it. So Subway Sports Talk for Paul Barquita. My name is Peter Kennedy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. Thanks for hanging out, hanging up, hanging up, hanging out with us. For an hour and 40 minutes of pure football talk with a little Paulie from Bensonhurst mix in there. That's all we got. We'll talk to you all soon. Cheers.